Hi, this is Phineas, and welcome to episode four of The Chrysalis. Today, we will be discussing the spiritual benefits of travel. We'll be joined by a friend of mine, Alexa Moore, travel blogger. Where in the world is Alexa? Um, she's traveled to 26 countries, and her goal is to travel to 45 by age 30. So say hello, Alexa. Hi, everyone. <laughs> All right. So, y'all, today we're just going to basically talk about the spiritual benefits of travel. We're going to delve a little bit into um, demographics and which demographics um, sort of lean towards travel more. Hint, hint, black millennials. <laughs> yes. Um, but I was actually inspired to do this episode. I was on Facebook and I, uh, one of my like guilty pleasures is those Jason Silva videos of like that super nerdy guy. And he's like going on existential rants. Cause I think he's a nerd and I definitely don't think I take everything he says with a grain of salt, but I think that a lot of the time his words are very powerful. So I came across this video that was talking about, uh, the spiritual benefits of travel um, and also all of the links that I mentioned today will be posted in the description, but this video, he's discussing, um, a known travel writer, Pico Iyer. And the quote that I heard that struck me was, we don't travel in order to move around. We travel in order to be moved. And, um, Jason Silva went on to say, when we travel, we search not for new places, but we search for seeing the world with new eyes. And that really struck me because I definitely feel that to my core <laughs> and I haven't even done much travel, definitely not as much as I would like to, but I just wanted to have our little local travel expert on to discuss some of her experiences and her story and what kind of brought her, um, on this journey of traveling the world. So whenever you're ready, Miss Alexa. Yeah, so um, I have been traveling uh, probably my entire life. Uh, I have um, two parents that didn't necessarily grow up rich and uh, grow up in a, um, not rich, but necessarily being able to afford to see the world. So when they had three kids, they decided, you know what, we're going to really encourage and push them um, to see the world. So my parents saved what they could, when they could, um, worked overtime so we would be able to explore different places. Um, I remember being in fifth grade, uh, we went on a trip to Europe, which was crazy to me. You know, like <laughs> you, you, you read about it in books and you see movies, but I never expected uh, to be there. And um, it was kind of wild it was five of us in a little car driving we drove through seven countries in europe oh my um, gosh we went to switzerland we went to germany austria italy vatican czech republic hungary oh my God. um so we went to eastern europe as well and you know i uh, talking about it now like as an adult I just remember my eyes just being wide the entire time because I was like, <laughs> what is this? What culture are we in? Going places where no one speaks English and most importantly, going places where they've never seen black people before. Yeah. Um, and I remember being in Hungary and people would just stop and stare at us and being in the Czech Republic and, you know, experiencing racism abroad. Cause like, I feel like the racism I experienced in the U.S. is a lot more systematic. It's a lot more, like, undertones, but, like, 
experiencing real racism abroad, like, and it changed my outlook on and my energy when when I was traveling, and I learned that from a very young age. And so, um, all of those experiences like pointed me for my entire life to just keep experiencing and keep traveling the world and um, and exploring and seeing new places. And I definitely agree that that tra- travel is so important in, in just seeing the world. I feel like. As an American, like I sit here in D- in DC, downtown DC, I can you know get whatever <laughs> food I want. I can talk to like you know to the same people. And Americans are uh, <laughs> we're problematic. Yes. <laughs> so even even when it comes to, to traveling, sometimes um, so when I when I go abroad, I'm opened up to so many different people and so many people with uh, so many different stories um i remember being in namibia and and talking to um Adam, who was um Evan, sorry who was our um driver and he was saying like where are you from this is like a very very interesting question to ask a black american yeah because <laughs> it's like you know what there's layers <laughs> You know, I I don't know. And he's like, where are you from? And I go, you know, I'm from the U.S. And he's like, where are your parents from? Go. Um, and I, since my mom is from Jamaica, usually, like, people will back off after I say Jamaica. They're like, oh, okay. But uh, my dad is just straight up from Florida. And he was like, okay. But, and he was talking about how in Namibia he can trace his lineage back, like, to chiefs of tribes of politicians of kings back generations and generations and uh, just just hearing about that you know I I, I would love that. I would love nothing more than to, to know that um, but being yeah. that and, and like not being able to have that I struggled a lot like and I struggled a lot traveling around Africa I, I've been to South Africa and Namibia and in this idea of identity um, Amen but, but I also, I don't know, I experienced this uh, weird, like, healing when I talk to people from the motherland, too, because it just it just reminds me that, like, we are still loved and accepted. I, I feel like there's a bit of an identity crisis. I, I'm going to speak from personal experience of being a black American and feeling like there's not a specific culture. Like, and that's a part of the American identity, too, as there's a misconception that American culture does not exist and black American culture does not exist when it's very <laughs> thing, right? Yes, it's we made this country. <laughs> it's very much a thing. And I and I remember like before I went there feeling so much that I wanted to be a part of something and um and dealing with I like this identity issue and then I got there and I was like, you know what? I'm everything. I'm, I'm everything. I'm I'm from here, but I also am a proud Black American. I'm sorry to like straight off on that identity conversation, but no, think, no, it's beautiful. I love it. I but but to be Black American, specifically like a, a descendant of Black American Black slaves, yeah, is an identity in itself. It's a culture in itself that people don't even don't even think about. And I'm like, my I would never, you know. 
really, oh, why don't you just say you're Jamaican? Because I want people to know that I am the product of slaves. I'm, I'm the product of people who were who were whipped, who couldn't even drink at the same water fountains. Like, this is my, that is my history, and you will never erase that from me, because yeah. look at where I am now. Amen. Um, so... I always, I always end up having that conversation, and I, it's not just in, in um, Africa that I have that conversation. I had, I had it in India, I had it in China, I had it everywhere because everyone's like, "You are you like, but where?" Because there's this, there's this idea that Black Americans aren't Americans, you know? Yeah, and it's it's very interesting. Um, but that is in terms of identity. But uh, recently, I think traveling at Eat, pray, love, right? I was just writing a yes. paper about this, and it was about how, <laughs> how irritating the idea of eat, pray, love is to me. Because it's like, it's a privilege in itself mm-hmm. to go through trauma and be like, I'm going to just buy a ticket to Indonesia. Like, Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> I don't know who can afford to, like, you know, like, go to India and find yourself. Like, but, but traveling does allow you. But it's not just traveling internationally. It's just getting out of your comfort zone, if that makes exactly. sense. Um, I was just talking to my coworker, who is from Minnesota. We were just bouncing because I knew it was coming on the podcast, and I was just talking to her about travel. And she was like, I really would love if you just talked about, like, the privilege in itself to be able to leave, like, and being in a geographic location because we don't even like think about that really like if you want to go to Indonesia and you want a flight that's not going to be two thousand three thousand dollars um leaving from Minnesota is a lot harder than leaving from DC yeah like if you live in a place that's not even accessible to get to an airport like how are you going to get there um so that lack of accessibility so what, what I'm trying to say is that the healing aspect of travel doesn't mean you need to go abroad. Yes. You don't need to go to Indonesia. You don't need to go to India. It's, I think it's about leaving your comfort zone and allowing the, the you to see the world in a different view. Um, even if that means like going for a walk or taking a drive or taking the bus to the outskirts of town, going on a hike, seeing and exploring, and and from that like growing to maybe traveling internationally or maybe just going in state over, but like set practical and like realistic goals in your, in your travel. Um, this ties into the like black millennial, like thing I'm getting sick of, which is this Instagram culture, which uh, <laughs> for me is insane. And I, I am a product of that as well. I love a good picture. I does everyone. I, you know, I love taking pictures. Um, if you follow my Instagram, you'll see that. But, do you feel like people are going places to take pictures? Yes, 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 yes. (laughs) Like I've, I've had friends who will walk down the street to be like, can you take a picture of me here? And I'll be like, okay. But like, I don't think anything of it because most of those friends are artists. So I'm like, okay, this is just an artistic opportunity and we're taking it. But I've definitely seen the flip side of like the very superficial idea of just going a place to take a picture. And it's saddening, really. But I'm really glad that you mentioned um, the thought of you don't need to travel far to expand your horizons because you really don't. And travel, just like you said, is not as accessible as it should be. And we'll delve a little bit more into that later. But um, 
Yeah, continue what you were saying, love. Uh, so, we're, but yeah, this, this picture culture, this, it's like, um, it just feels competitive to me. Um, I'm on this page, and Denise is, I don't know if you left that page, it's called Black Travel Movement. Yes. It's a collection of black people all around the world, but I would say it's the majority, probably like British and, not British, but US. Um, British people who are on there. I think there's like 400,000 plus community of black travelers. Yeah. Um, And so it's really a hodgepodge. Um, For me, travel pages, I love travel pages that inform. So if I'm going on a travel page and you're posting a picture, I would love to know where you are, you know, how'd you get there, was it expensive, um, what can you do in that country, like what was your best experience? Yeah. Um, but, but a lot of the posts on there, and I mean, each their own, people look real good. Okay. Yeah, they do. Um, <laughs> a lot of these pictures are people on a beach, um, people posing with elephants, which i exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, and they're, and I'm going to be honest, I would love a picture like that. It's gorgeous, but I want to let people know that that is, there's so much more to Santorini that, than that picture. Mm-hmm. And I think I was doing research, those pictures cost like four or five hundred dollars. What? Yes, you have to rent a dress from uh, one of the like dress shops. And then you have to hire a photographer. No. Photographers are like $100, $200 an hour. Yeah. I'm going to buy a dress and get my friend to take the picture, maybe. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but, but, you know, but you see it, right? Like, yeah, I know exactly it. what you mean. Yeah, you see it on, uh, on Black Travel. You see it on an Instagram. And especially with, like, Black Traveling, and you're like, that is gorgeous. Look at her. She's beautiful. She's dark skin. Like, look at her. She looks so amazing. I would love to take that same picture. Breathe in where I'm at because just to be thankful and I'm like very spiritual. Just 
be thankful to the universe, like, because you will never experience that moment ever again. You will never Amen. be in that place. At the same time, with that same breeze, that same current passing your feet isn't going to be there, that the stars are going to be at the same place, like, and just really appreciate that moment that you're there. And I think that's one of the aspects of traveling that I love, that I'm like, this is crazy because I am in China right now. I have no idea where I am. <laughs> I'm black. I'm here. Like, could I? I always wondered, like, do you, my ancestors ever think I would be here? Yeah. <laughs> like, like, I'm so grateful to God just to just be here, like, in this moment right now. Um, and for me, that makes my traveling just so much more transformative, and I'm able to reflect and I'm able to heal um, oh, yes. from that. Yeah. And I. I had like my first experience with travel for real for real when I was like I think I was like eight when we went to Scottsdale Arizona like with my grandfather on a business trip and it was just like me my cousins my aunt and my like my sister and well my cousin just one of them um and like my sister and we were chill by the pool and stuff like that and that was kind of the first time I went on a plane but the first time I ever really felt the awe of travel was in eighth grade when we went on like you know we all had those school ef tour trips (laughs) yes so we had one of those and like we were going like the french class was going to paris of course and i really wanted to go but it was so expensive and i was like oh my god like i really want to go this is my dream but dad like that's more money than I've ever known us to have. So what's, okay. what's up? <laughs> and yeah. he was like, don't worry, like I'll get you there. And he ended up getting me there by the grace of God. But I went there and we went to places like Biarritz, which is like on the coast. It's super cold and there's a lot of like crashing waves and it's cloudy, but it's so beautiful. And the water is just so wild and it's, it's just a beautiful place to be. We went to Nice, we went to Monte Carlo, we ended up going to uh, San Remo, Italy, we went to um, San Sebastian, Spain, like we went all over the place and it was just such a humbling experience as an eighth grader. (laughs) And I took so much for granted, like I was there crying over some boy, like it was crazy. (laughs) But I remember a moment on the canal looking at the Eiffel Tower and my French teacher came out and he was like, stop crying. He was like, he doesn't matter. He was like, you're in Paris. He was like, just look. He was like, just look around you. He was like, stop crying. Just enjoy the moment. And I was like, yeah, I was like, you're right. I was like, you know what? You're right, Mr. Bayou. Like, you are right. Um, And that kind of propelled me to kind of propelled my wanderlust. But my focus has just been elsewhere. And looking at you and watching your journey has really made me sit and think and be like, wow, I really do need to put more energy into making time for trips, whether they're small. Like, I mean, me and my boyfriend have gone on a lot of road trips and such. And I definitely haven't stayed still in the past year and a half that I've known him. But I really want to go out of the country again. Um, And I just... (laughs) I just want a break from America. (laughs) For real, for real. Not that it's any better anywhere else, but just, I just want to be away from it. Um, So yeah, I'm going to slide on over to these statistics that I want to share with you all. Um, Piggybacking on the idea of accessibility and uh, privilege. uh, 
obviously it's a privilege to travel. There are people, including myself and close family members, that can't even fathom the idea of saving up money just because by the time things get saved, there's always some kind of emergency that needs to be paid for. The savings are gone just as quick as they're made. So uh, a lot of reasons along with other things. But just acknowledging that we are speaking from a place of privilege, uh, just knowing that we've even been outside of the country um, and even been outside of our states, our home states. Um, That's very real. Yeah. So um, I did some research and I was looking at some statistics on black millennials and specifically black people. But then I it came down to black millennials as I did more research and our travel patterns. And so I looked on travelnoir.com and global globenewswire.com and they did a study with uh, the Mandela uh foundation in liaison with black meetings and travel magazine so i'll put all these links in the description again but just some really awesome statistics i want to share with you all um so from travelnoir.com new study proves that black millennials love travel and are they're looking for companies that understand them so i think alexa can expand on this but um nearly five million black millennial travelers in the u.s alone uh, and that's approximately 20, uh, excuse me, 43% of the U.S. black millennial population. So we've got 43% of all millennials are traveling the world consistently uh, multiple times a year. Uh, 94%, 94% of those millennials have taken a personal trip in the past two years, while 76% have traveled in the past six months. And almost a quarter of black millennial travelers polled said they have experienced racial discrimination while booking travel. And almost 30% have experienced discrimination in the past two years during travel. And also to clarify millennials, that <laughs> that encompasses anyone age 23 to 38, not little kids like age 14 to 20. Okay, so... We're talking about adults. (laughs) Um, We're not kids. Um, So, yeah, if you want to expand on that a little bit about any uh, kind of fetishism you've experienced or and this is not to scare you all from traveling. It happens here, too, in the U.S. So. So in terms of. So actually, on Black Travel Movement, there was a post yesterday and this girl had said not girl, sorry, woman, I don't know her, but she was was saying, um, I want to know what countries are black friendly because I don't want to support any country and put my money toward any country that discriminates against black people. Mm Understand the wisdom. Um, And my answer to her was that, one, I have experienced more racism in the United States of America of the country that I was born and raised in than I have anywhere else in the world. Ooh, um, tell them. Which, and it might not, like I said before, it might not be uh, racism, it's not someone calling me the N-word, but it's, you know. It's everywhere. Just <laughs> passing your table, you've been there for 30 minutes, or being followed around in a store, being told as a kid that, oh, I can't play with you, and my parents said no, it's, those instances of racism yeah. that I've experienced my entire life. Um, so, <laughs> you in in the world, and I feel like a lot of, and I'm I'm a part of this too because when I uh, first studied, I studied abroad in India, and when I um, I had two options for my degree at Pitt, it was either I go to Ecuador for six weeks or I go to India for six weeks. Um, 
And I chose India because I don't like spiders, and I heard a lot about the tarantulas in Ecuador. So I was like, no, mm. I'm going to India. Um, booked my ticket and everything. And then that year, and I, I have pretty bad anxiety, and, and so once I catch on a thought, I spiral a bit. So next thing you know, I'm like, articles in about racism in India. So I'm yes. like, I like, don't even know how I get there. I'm just there. So I'm reading anecdotes and I will, and I will tell you this about personal anecdotes. Take everything everyone says, and this applies for everything in life, with a grain of salt. Mm-hmm. Because just because that person experienced something doesn't necessarily mean you are for sure going to experience, going to have the same experience as them. Um, when I was in India, I did experience racism. Um, I prepared myself well for it, but I did experience racism. Um, people laughed at me, which probably arguably hurts more than being called the N-word. Yeah. Life, because it's like, you're just existing, and someone's laughing at your existence. Yeah. That, that hurts. Um, I was called all sorts of names, um, but I also was celebrated in a, in a way, and there's a lot of ignorance abroad that, that you're going to encounter going to countries where they just do not, especially with homogenous um, populations like China, like um, India, like countries where they don't experience a lot of diversity. You're going to experience people just never seeing you before. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, it's a bit taxing because I feel like I can never be myself sometimes because as much as I want to pop off on someone touching my hair, I have a fear, and I know it's, you know, it's terrible to think this way, but I have this fear that if I respond in the way that I want to, they're going to just assume, as people do, that every black person is, is me because yep. one specific black person screamed at me because I was cleaning the bathroom, real story, I was cleaning the bathroom and I touched her hair. I was in India, and this woman who was cleaning the bathroom just starts playing with my hair. Oh, my God. Know, what the hell? Washing my hands. What the I- fuck? <laughs> oh my god! And also, y'all listen to this. Like, this is the responsibility that Black people carry with them wherever they go. Everything they, we now. literally are spokespersons for our race for no reason. Absolutely <laughs> no reason. Oh my gosh! So I'm like, yeah, this woman's hands are in my hair. Like, gloves are on, oh, and god. she's touching my hair. And I'm, I just turn to her, and she goes, she goes, "Is this real?" And I go, yes, I bought it. Um, so it's mine and it's real. And she said, oh, okay. And I said, okay. And like the entire conversation, I was so bad. I just wanted to, you know how like we got popped as a kid? Like I just wanted to pop her hand. Like, yes. Why, why the hell would you? You're like, excuse me. <laughs> excuse me. I was so flabbergasted. I was like, what in the world? Um, that was in India, and oh, one of the most shocking things, and this is something I actually didn't realize until recently that I repressed, was when I was in Germany as a kid, I was probably 10, we were walking in Munich, and like several men, like realized Nazis on bicycles, started to circle our family, and like we were the only black family within probably miles. Oh my God. Um, yeah, and so this woman, this very nice German woman, and I would just like to preface by saying I love Germany. It's one of my favorite countries in the world. The German people are incredible. Um, but like, you'll experience racism everywhere. You'll yeah, you've got these people everywhere. everywhere. 
everywhere. And a very nice German lady, like, um, came up to me uh, and our family and, like, spoke very little English but helped us get out of there. So that's an experience where, like, yes, we experienced bad people, but there are a lot of good, pe- good people who saw that we were in trouble and they saw that it was unsafe. And, multiple, and it wasn't just how multiple people helped us leave that area. And so, you've got stuff like that that happens in the U.S. and no one helps. Yes, so. yes. yes. <laughs> speak on it because a lot of people think oh well that is it does it happens every day in this yeah. country mm-hmm. every day police officers pulling over people black people for doing absolutely nothing harassing them like who's speaking up for them for real that's, that's another that's like uh, yeah oh don't worry y'all we'll do plenty of episodes on that stuff y'all just wait and see <laughs> I just I oh. so for, for me like you will experience it everywhere. So, so to get back to that, it's it's not a fun life to live life in fear. It's, it's understandable to live to live cautiously, like not wanting to go somewhere like where you might get attacked. But but I have learned that I can't live life in fear. I actually tweeted this the other day because in response to um, this post, because I was like, um, honestly. If it's up to me, like, I'm not going to let someone stop me or people Amen. stop me. Racism stop me because, like, I would rather be called the N-word on the beach in Greece than in Virginia. Girl, let them know. Let them know. <laughs> cocktail in my hands, you know, bikini on, <laughs> basking, then to be just out of Cracker Barrel. Thank you. So, mm-hmm. And that so has happened, no. y'all. Mm-hmm. And, oh, and it has. So, so, no, I'm not going to stop instances like that from me traveling the world. And I think that's part of the beauty that black millennials have brought to the surface because there's um, a lot of black baby boomers are actually traveling as well, but not in the same way, obviously, because they don't even they don't have a lot of the privileges that we have in terms of accessibility. There's a lot more accessibility to go more places like there's more planes that go different locations. Um, There's a lot of ways that we can work around prices. Obviously, inflation is terrible and we're paying a lot more than they probably used to pay. But there are ways around that. Again, privilege. Um, And, you know, I, the travel industry has increased from 48 billion in 2010 to 63 billion in 2018, wow. and that's that's from black dollars, y'all. So, yes. <laughs> amazing, is it? Yes. Um, so we're actually wrapping up, Alexa. But something that I wanted to check in with you quickly about: I don't like asking people how they spend their money because I think that some something else that we need to talk about when it comes to traveling is stop asking people how they how did you do that you work here da, 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 da. stop stop doing that yeah, but <laughs> things like asking people oh what are tips for budgeting like do you have any tips for you know how to yeah. spend less money on on materialistic things that's nice so yeah. with that said alexa do you have any tips on budgeting oh yes of course so i would like to have just by saying like Denise just said there are privileges everyone has different privileges and i am speaking of a place of privilege i live at home I pay my parents rent not that much but I do live at home so that gives me a lot of flexibility to um, leave because I don't have to pay you know ridiculous mm-hmm. DC rent prices good um, God. Other people do. yeah so I um, am 
I save a lot of my money. Um, I try not to spend it on shopping, but that's also hard as well. In terms of affording, if I'm going to stay somewhere abroad, it's going to be an Airbnb. Amen. Very, very, very low-cost hotel or a hostel. And I... I find a lot of black travelers are very much afraid of hostels because that concept just does not exist. But I promise you, it is the most fun experience in the world. <laughs> you meet the coolest people. I meet Europeans, I meet Australians, I meet people from all around the world. Like, and it's really, you just you're paying for a bed in a room. Um, but there's you can get private rooms at hostels. You can some of them are like 32 beds, which I would never do. I stick to four, four or six beds, and I always make sure it's a. a a female dorm um, yeah I'm more comfortable that way same um, so that's a like for example I'm going to Spain in August hostels are a little more on the pricey end but like 20-30 dollars that I've been looking at some of them but in comparison that hotel's like what 150-200 dollars a night yeah that's a lot of money that you're spending um even going to like resorty places like Cancun it might be uh cheaper to actually get like a package so look into like packaging things look to Groupon getaways mm-hmm. kayak Travelocity they have a lot of deals I saw one for Iceland it was like 350 dollars for a flight and like four nights accommodation oh my god yes yeah I don't I probably saw that like two years that's one, amazing I, every time I'm sad I look at flights so like, <laughs> I love that. <laughs> just track stuff. Um, that's the, the, I would say the first thing is I track all of my flights. Um, I use a service called Stop Cheap Flights, which is probably like my mainstay, and they need to hire me for, for sponsorship because I plug, I like get everyone on the Stop Cheap Flights. It's an email. Okay, I'm going to tag them when I post when this episode airs, and can you yes. send me the link to their page, and I will tag them. Yes, there's an email subscription page they send out cheap flights almost, I pay for the premium, um, but like even if you have the free subscription, they send like twice a week cheap flights. That's, I flew to Beijing for 395 US dollars, and I'm flying to Barcelona for 375 US dollars, and those are both round trips. Oh my God. Um, yeah, so that, Google Flights is a great way to look at cheap flights. Kayak is a good way, and Skyscanner. And then for our tracking flights, there's an app called Hopper that you can use, which will literally alert you when that that flight drops, or they'll let you know when it's the best time to buy. Um, I recommend um, doing as much research as possible on how you can cut down costs, looking at food um, cost as well, and excursions. Like, there's a lot of things that if you research well enough, you can do on your own. You don't have to pay for a job, uh, a guide to do. Yeah. Um, yeah, when I was in Hong Kong, there were all of these day trips to, to this, like, one um, island, Lanzhou Islands in Hong Kong. They were all 100 plus dollars, and I just realized I could just do this myself, and I literally spent, like, at, like more than half um, getting there and coming back. You don't have to pay oh my um, gosh. that much if you do the research. So this would be my, my tip. And um, there are a couple of uh, airlines that are doing fare locks now, um, which so if you find a really cheap flight and you're not paid yet, you got to make some credit card payments, or, you know, everyone has their own thing, but, like, they'll lock that fare in for, I think, seven days. You pay, like, seven US dollars or something like that. Oh, yeah, you know? I've heard about yeah. that. And sometimes that's a really good payoff because, like, paychecks next week, you really need to go somewhere, even if it's just, and they need domestic and international flights. Oh, um, that's you awesome. That there. And then, oh, there is And I know they have thing. black companies that do this too, and I'll look that up yeah. and see if I can get that link for y'all. 
That's yeah. awesome. Um, there's another, what was I going to say? In terms of locking, there's uh, airline flight, airline, not airline, the service called Skip Lock. So basically, they they realize that sometimes open ended flights are cheaper. So you technically buy a, a, a one way flight mm-hmm. um, and it might have a layover, but that layover is the destination you need to go. <laughs> so instead of continuing the flight, you just. Oh my god, I've thought of that before. (laughs) Yes, but it's so much cheaper. Um, You you can't check a bag, though, because you can go to the final destination, but that's a really um, easy way to get really cheap flights. It's your skip lag. The plug, Um, y'all. Alexa Moore. (laughs) There's there's travel, like, like we said, travel is a privilege. Travel can be expensive, but it can also be done on a very, very cheap cheap budget um so it's it's possible i just i think the number one thing is research yeah research 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 reading up reading people's blogs reading uh, going on pinterest like just doing the research and like gaining that knowledge and you'll be able to cut so many costs i cut so so many costs and I just want to say that, like, the reason why I thought that this would be appropriate to talk about is because I think now more than ever with the fact that the planet is literally dying and no one seems to care. And also the fact that we're in dire straints in terms of our mental health and anxiety is at an all time high. We need to focus on how we can better heal ourselves and I feel like traveling is something that we need to talk about more we need to make it more mainstream we need to make it more accessible um and I would love to think of ways to do that so if you all would like to write in to me that would be awesome we've got a new Q&A um segment at the end of our shows if you ever want to write in just uh DM me on Instagram at Denise Alex or follow the page on Facebook um www.facebook.com slash the chrysalis podcast um and just send me your questions or suggestions and I'll be happy to take them but thank you so much Alexa for joining us today thank you for all of the helpful tips um and thank you for inviting me like this is an amazing opportunity of course thank you (laughs) and I'm so excited for your future travels where you going next uh, i'm going to puerto rico on friday and um then in august i'll be going to spain portugal Andorra, and morocco so oh my okay. god morocco is one of my dream countries that's beautiful awesome. i'm really happy for you and i wish you all the best and thank you so much thank for talking you. to me today of course of course of course all right Anytime. love enjoy your day thank you you too i'll go <laughs> all right y'all I just want to thank Miss Alexa for joining us today. Uh, follow her on Instagram at Lil Miss Awkward at Where in the World is Alexa. All right, y'all. Thank you so much for joining us today. Man, my whip's so big when you in it. What? Fuck around and get lost. Get lost.